0: by Mary Oliver. The grass never sleeps, or the roses, nor does the lily have a secret eye that shuts until morning. Jesus said, wait with me, but the disciples slept. cricket has such splendid fringe on his feet, and it sings, have you noticed, with its whole body, and heaven knows if it ever sleeps. Jesus said, wait with me. Maybe the stars did. Maybe the wind wound itself into a silver tree and didn't move. Maybe the lake far away where once he walked as on a blue pavement lay still and waited, wild awake. the dear bodies, slumped and eyes shut, that could not keep that vigil. How they must have wept, so utterly human, knowing this too must be part of the story.
1: Hi, Mosaic, it's Palm Sunday weekend, and I don't know what the cry of, Hosanna, God save us, God save me. I don't know what that cry is like for you right now. Maybe it's an audible cry that is often coming from your lips in the midst of these days. Maybe it's a cry that's still just like down there in the depths of your soul and it so desperately needs to come out. And maybe it's just really buried in the depths, just covered over by a whole load of concerns and anxieties and everything else. My hope for us is that this weekend and these days ahead, it could be days where we just discover that cry just coming to the surface. Hosanna! God save us. Mosaic, I also hope that as we find ourselves crying out in that same kind of way, I hope that we're not looking in the past saying, well, God, we've seen how you've you've done it back here and that's what we want. Just bring us back to where we were. My hope, Mosaic, is that we can open ourselves up to a kind of rescue and help and salvation that we don't even fully yet know that we need. But Jesus desperately knows that we need it. I don't know if you've had this experience or not, but a few days ago as March turned into April, I I looked at my calendar for April and May, and there was just a lot of white space there. Uh, And it hit me like a wave, the sense of like, hold on a second, April and May aren't supposed to be like this. I, I don't know about you, I'm not a fan of winter, I feel like I'm cold all the time. Uh, and so I had the tendency just to kind of like huddle inside. And if you want to find me, you better come and get me because I'm not going out to explore a whole lot unless I absolutely have to. Uh, so April and May, that's like, that's my time to get back out in the world and to rub shoulders with my people. That's my time to like just get together in all those communal spaces and give hugs and handshakes and high fives and just celebrate all that life has for us and Feels like all of that has just been pushed to the wayside. My wife and I were going to go see one of our favorite bands, one of our favorite New Jersey bands, play here in Nebraska. How nostalgic was that going to be? It was going to happen just like in a week and a half from now, and we were going to go with some good friends, and it's been postponed. I was going to go to another concert with my son. We were going to go see Sturgill Simpson together. Postponed. As a dad, Of three kids, you watch them engage with their schoolwork all year long, and they're on that journey. And April and May are to be these months where uh, you just really kind of celebrate the journey that they've been on. You honor the hard work that they've poured into things. And who would have thought the school year would end in this kind of way? There's no opportunities to honor that hard work, at least not in the ways that we are familiar with. And certainly as a pastor, I would always look forward to Palm Sunday and Easter. Being together, rejoicing and celebrating all that Jesus has done for us as a family. Seeing the kids wave those palms and singing together. Seeing all of us come looking so dapper, dressed in our Easter Sunday best. And to know that that's not what it's going to look like this year, it's just like everything's been thrown up in the air and it's just landed into a big pile of nothing. All this anticipation, all this excitement, all this fanfare that was building, I just don't know what to make of it anymore. But yet I get the sense that God is still doing something. God is still here and he's going to bring rescue and help and salvation but I have to open myself up for a whole different way of what needs to happen in my life, in my heart. I can't help but think of those first followers who had their eyes on Jesus, their King. Maybe they were drawn to Jesus in much the same way that I was drawn to Jesus. I remember as a kid hearing those words that Jesus would often extend to people. A lot of times, the very first words that he would throw to people. Two words, follow me. There was something about those words as a kid that just, those two words held so much wonder for me. Follow, follow you, Jesus. I got this sense that just by following Jesus, I'm going to be led on this journey that it's going to be filled with wonder, and discovery, what it means to be human and how to engage with the world around me. Little did I know of how those words would carry on such meaning in a season like this. Jesus, I know that you're here. I know that you walk through life in this kind of way. You're asking me to follow you. You're asking all of us to follow you. But what is this going to look like? And those first followers I can imagine is Jesus is, is coming into the city of Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. And of course, you know, anytime a king would come riding into their city, didn't look like how Jesus looked. The kings, the emperors of the day, they would come into their cities riding in from the west on a big war horse with their armies in front of them. And here's Jesus riding in from the east on a donkey with no army in front of him, but simply commoners taking their coats and their tunics, throwing them on the dirt. But yet the people are crying out because as Passover is approaching, this Jewish nation is calling out for this king of theirs to act in the way that they've seen God act in the past. They're longing for rescue and help and salvation, but they want it to look familiar. And so they're remembering back to that first Passover when God acted that act of deliverance on their behalf releasing them from their captivity out of Egypt. They're remembering back to just a little more than a hundred years ago when Judah Maccabees had this incredible military defeat of their enemies and they waved their palm branches as a way of showing their nationalistic pride. And they're asking Jesus, Jesus, we want you to work in these familiar kinds of ways. Bring us back to the places that we've experienced in the past. But you get this sense that Jesus isn't working in that kind of way. But Jesus is taking them forward in ways that they still yet need to discover. Discover how they themselves need rescue and salvation. But not necessarily from all of these other things, but from themselves. Jesus had already been talking with his closest disciples about having to go to Jerusalem and die. And as Jesus is celebrating a Passover meal with his disciples in the midst of Holy Week, Jesus takes bread and he breaks it. And he says, this is my body, which is for you. What's this language that Jesus is using? This is my body broken for you. Jesus, this doesn't sound like victorious, triumphalistic language. It sounds like a journey that we're not familiar with. And so Judas, even one of the disciples, he's like, He's already, he's, he's out of there. He's gone. Then there's Peter on the other end of the spectrum. Jesus, I'm with you the whole way. Little did Peter know. But after that meal, Jesus does something that I want us to pay special close attention to here, even in this moment. Matthew chapter 26, the gospel of Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And Jesus took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. So that's James and John. Peter, James, and John. Jesus takes them along. And Jesus began to be grieved and agitated. There's Something about Jesus in that moment that speaks deeply to my life and perhaps to yours too. I know even in the midst of this time, experiencing some hope and encouragement and seeing love that's being expressed to our friends and neighbors in beautiful ways. I also have these moments where like just out of the blue grief and agitation can come and to see that Jesus is no stranger to those feelings. Jesus so closely identifies with our human experience. It's a beautiful thing. And Jesus said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Stay awake with me. And going a little farther, Jesus threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Then Jesus came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. These disciples can't stay awake with Jesus. Here's Jesus beginning his journey into the utter darkness, confusion, chaos, brokenness, sinfulness of the world, and Jesus is going to receive it all onto himself. And by receiving it onto himself, Jesus is somehow going to reconcile all of these things back to God and begin this new future of everything being put back together, restored, renewed. And as Jesus is going into this utter darkness. Jesus is asking us to stay awake with him. Jesus doesn't want us to miss what's happening here. He's journeying into the utter confusion and darkness and brokenness and sinfulness of my life, of your life, of all lives around us, the chaos of the entire created cosmos. Jesus is entering all of it. He's asking us to stay awake and pay attention. I don't know exactly what it is that Jesus wants us to see, but this much I do know is that it's not my natural inclination to stay awake to this. I had to chuckle even yesterday as I was reading, alcohol sales and streaming service sales in America are through the roof right now. And I think that speaks very clearly to how we as Americans love to numb ourselves to any feeling of pain, chaos, confusion, darkness, unknown. We love to entertain ourselves and just sleep to just the grim realities that are all around us. Mosaic, I get it. I pour myself a good beverage every now and then. I stream a show every now and then. But as I go through this day of Palm Sunday and as I enter into this Holy Week, I know I'm asking myself, Kurt, stay awake to Jesus' presence in the midst of all of this. And I'm asking all of us, let's stay awake to Jesus' presence in the midst of all of this. I don't know what he has for us, but I believe that as we learn to cry out Hosanna, God, save us. That we're going to discover Jesus bringing about rescue and reconciliation and renewal and restoration in ways that we've never experienced before. If we open ourselves up to it, that we're not going to experience it in a way that is going to take us back to some comfortable place that we were in the past. But we're moving forward into a whole new reality that Jesus is bringing about in our midst. And Jesus wants us to stay awake to his journey into the darkest of places. Now, this much I also know is I am so much like Peter, James, and John. I will stay asleep often to this. I will check out. I will numb myself. But here's a beautiful piece of good news for all of us, Mosaic. Jesus is fully awake to the darkness, to the confusion, to the chaos, to the questions and the doubts that all of us have right now. Jesus doesn't numb himself to that. God doesn't anesthetize himself from all of that. But he steps right into it. And he reconciles all of it as we learn to meet him in that place and cry out, Hosanna, God save us. And something is happening in our midst. And so my hope for all of us is that we would learn To just rest in that good news. That Jesus is fully awake to all of the darkness that we're experiencing, even when we check out, even when we sleep to his presence in our lives. And Mosaic, just as Jesus is fully awake to all of us, I believe that Jesus then is asking us to relish in that and receive that as good news but also then be that good news for each other. Be that good news for all of our neighbors around us that we would be so in tune with just what's happening in the lives of people around us, that we would be encouraging each other, that we would be lifting each other up, that we would be checking in on each other, that we would be saying to one another, I am not asleep, I am not, in, I'm not numb to what you're going through, but I am here with you in the midst of this to remind you that Jesus is here with you in the midst of this. And together, all of us are going to experience experience a beautiful reconciliation moving forward. Rescue is near. Help is here. But are we ready and open to move forward in ways that we had no idea we were going to move forward in? That's my hope for us, Mosaic. Grace and peace to you as you go throughout these days.
2: Just it's all. Been you. I am complete. What more could I need? Oh, Jesus, it's always been you. Oh, Jesus, it's always been.